You're listening to On the Retire Road, hosted by Phil Calandra. Brought to you by the Calandra Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of On the Retire Road. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. This is Phil Calandra, and I'm glad to be with you today. As I'm sitting here recording this uh, this particular podcast, in the news is the coronavirus that's got the market spooked. And uh, I say that as I'm recording it because this is an ebb and flow situation. I don't know when you're listening to this exactly how this information has played out. But the thing that I want to point out is this is nothing new. Uh, in 2003, excuse me, 2003, 2004, remember it was the SARS virus. In 2005 and 6, it was the bird flu. Then in 2009, it was a new strain of the swine flu. Uh, I remember an actual headline uh, back in 2009 that said, Britain prepares for 65,000 deaths from the swine flu. The actual death toll in Britain was 360 people over nine months. Now, 360 people is an awful, awful thing, but it certainly wasn't 65,000 Britons that passed away from the swine flu. In 2014, it was Ebola. So today, it's the Wuhan coronavirus. The equity market, the stock market, is going to react. It's not the, it's not the disease, it's not the virus itself. But it's because we really know little about the virus at this point coming over from China, but it's the uncertainty that is surrounding it. It's the uncertainty that the market doesn't like. So what I want to talk to you about today on the podcast is the difference between volatility and risk. Volatility and risk are not the same thing. And I asked people in my class when I teach at Kennesaw State or Georgia State, I ask people all the time. Do you think the stock market is risky? And inevitably, most of the classroom raises their hand and says, yeah, I can lose money in the stock market. And I would contend that the stock market is not risky. The stock market is, however, volatile. And that's what we have to learn to manage as personal investors. That's what a good financial advisor is going to help you modify and moderate. So the stock market is not risky, as volatile. Let me ask you this question. If you had a million dollars in your 401k and the market dropped 30% this month, how much did you lose of your million dollars? Million dollars drops 30%. How much did you lose? The answer is you lost absolutely zero. Your account value may have experienced a temporary decline of 30%, but you did not lose anything unless you chose to panic yourself out of a permanent loss, and that would be $300,000. But you did not lose anything. The market just had a temporary decline, and people miss that understanding partly because of conventional financial wisdom. If you turn on any news outlet today other than the talk of impeachment, you're going to hear about, uh, on the money channels, you're going to hear about the world ending with the coronavirus or whatever the, the, the disaster du jour happens to be. And we are twice as apt to react to fear than we are to pleasure. So when our portfolios have been grinding higher and higher, higher, 
called a melt-up, we didn't have any problem with that. But as soon as we see volatility to the downsize, we panic. We think we've lost money. Let's face it. Right now, with this particular news cycle, the market probably, probably just needed an excuse to go down. We've had an epic run since the end of 2019, really September, October, all the way through. The media can be relied upon uh, to report this episode as if it's the return of the Black Plague. That, that's, that's what media does. They're trying to sell ads. They're trying to sell airtime, and negativity sells. So the impulse to panic remains very... Uh, very close to the surface of investor emotions. It's just right underneath the skin where your panic emotion, the way God made us, that fear factor, it's right under there. And these are the times when a good financial plan and a goal-driven, outcome-driven a process wins the day. And it allows you to sleep well at night not worrying about the coronavirus or Ebola back in 2014 or the swine flu or whatever, the, the Iranian bombing of a uh, uh, shoot down of a Ukrainian airline, which was the, 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 the disaster two weeks ago. So it's impossible really for us to overemphasize as your financial coach, as your financial advisor, it's impossible to, to overemphasize the fact that one huge reason of all the reasons, one huge reason most investors ultimately fail is that they actively misunderstand the, the concept of volatility. Its cultural connotation, if you will, is always negative. Volatility is always viewed as negative. But if you look at volatility uh, towards the end of 2019, just use a very short period of time, the volatility was good. It was to the upside, what we would call a melt up. And again, unaided uh, human nature cannot differentiate between temporary decline and permanent loss. So when volatility to the downside takes place, we correlate that negatively as if we have lost money. And that is absolutely false, the wrong way to look at it. You have to remember that volatility doesn't mean, uh, you know, a huge down market cycle, bear market, end of the world, except to the media. <laughs> That's what it means to the media. It just means that stock market equity returns are highly unpredictable in the short term to intermediate term. The market does go up and the market does go down. And many of you have heard me say this. The equity market can be up 15% one year and down 15 the next, very common, or vice versa. But if you're going to be a stock investor, the return, the premium, the excess return of the stock market of equities is just an efficient market's way of pricing in that greater uncertainty. If you expect to make higher rates of return, you have to accept higher rates or higher amounts of volatility. So people misunderstand this concept of volatility versus risk. Another way of looking at this is, is, is this. Stock market returns or equity returns have historically been positive on average three years out of four. Three years out of four, three years out of five. That fourth year, the down one wasn't volatile. They were all volatile. But in the narrow sense, the, the natural sense, that they were all highly uncertain. 
it just happened the, the, the one year it overcame us and we had the, the negative downward pressure of the market. They were all volatile, just one out of the four, the bear market hit, and that was the, the, the volatility to the downside. So, so maybe this is a little bit of an oversimplification, but the one down year, the so-called volatile one, in a very sense, buys you the three positive ones. So in netting out all those years, over nearly 100 years of data, the compound return was around 9%, 10% on the U.S. stock market using the S&P 500. If we let ourselves get fixated on that one year, bad things start to happen, especially if, as go back in any period of time, 2000 to 2009 during the financial crisis, the down year lasted 17 months, exactly 17 months to the day, as a matter of fact. So you're going to want to remember that at some point, volatility takes on its own momentum. It feeds on itself to a point where stocks, equities are falling or rising in the case of volatility on the upside because larger and larger numbers of people are becoming hypnotized by the trend. The trend then becomes uh, self-fulfilling. So at those points in time, prices become unmoored from fundamentals. The trend becomes self-reinforcing. You have to be very careful of that as an investor. In other words, extreme volatility in the stock market, which I believe we're likely to see for a continued period of time. We have impeachment going on. We have the, the coronavirus going on. We're going to have uh, the political process play out this summer, uh, the conventions. Then we're going to have the election in the fall. Let's make no mistake, the market is going to be volatile on the up and on the down. But volatility, extreme volatility, is more a mass emotion than an economic or a financial phenomenon. And the commitment of a good financial advisor, a good strategist, is not giving in to any mass emotion, but simply continuing to work your plan. You have to stay committed to your goals-driven, outcome-focused planning process. And this will save you from the big mistake. The big mistake is that moment in time when you call your advisor or you log into your laptop in the evening and you cannot take it any longer. Your hair is on fire. You've you've viewed the negative volatility as a loss of, of money and you make the big mistake, which is what? You sell. You create, commit to the permanent loss rather than the temporary decline. So indeed, extreme volatility to the downside is always an opportunity for some to profit from the mistakes of others. Take in point uh, Warren Buffett. Um, he once said uh, of Berkshire Hathaway, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, the, the company of, of Warren Buffett's, quote, we would make more money if volatility were higher because it would create more mistakes. Volatility is a huge plus to real investors, people that really understand how to accumulate wealth. They use volatility in their favor. If you're still an investor, if you're in the accumulation phase of your investing life. If you're listening to my voice and you're not in retirement and taking money out as a distributor of your wealth, you're still a real investor in accumulating your wealth. This is extremely exciting. You hope the stock market crashes on payday, regardless of the reason. Let's use the coronavirus as our reason du jour. 
So you hope the market volatility goes to the downside because you're making your contribution into your 401k. Maybe the company's giving you some free money in the form of a match. And the whole concept of successful wealth accumulation is buy low, sell high. And if you're still in the accumulation phase of your life, your sell higher date is out in the future. Maybe it's five years. Maybe it's 10 years. Maybe you're a young person picking up this podcast and it's 20 years or greater. I love it for you. Volatility is a huge plus for real investors. So the idea that equities, stocks are volatile merely refers to their variances, the difference between the peak and the trough, above and below a a trend line. It's not intuitive to people. It's not innate to human nature. It's It's an intellectual point that really most people can't grasp. But we want to make sure we understand the difference between risk and volatility. I would contend to my clients, the real risk is not accomplishing your goal. So let's say you're right on the cusp of retirement. Maybe you're going to retire in the next year or two years. The real risk to you is retiring from work where you do not have a paycheck coming in, living off of assets, and running out of money. The risk is running out of money. The risk is not that the market's going to go up and down. It is. And then we have to, in our financial strategy, we have to, in our goal-driven process, we have to mute or we have to subdue the short-term to intermediate-term volatility so that you can sleep well at night, so that you make certain your money does last as long as you do. The worst-case scenario is you run out of money before you run out of breath, and that's what people are most afraid of. So real risk is not hitting your long-term objective. If you're in your 30s or 40s, the real risk might be you want to provide your children an education but you don't have the assets put away to accomplish that when they need the money for retirement. The real risk might be my daughter is getting married next summer and I've committed and told her that I will pay for the wedding and the band and the cake and and the booze. The real risk is that you don't plan well enough and tell her, sorry, honey, you can't have the band and it's, you know, going to be BYOB or something, right? Uh, You know, being funny about that. But the real risk is not that the stock market is going to create a loss because the stock market never creates a loss until you permanently sell. So there are strategies, there are things you need to understand in building your retirement income plan that most people are not taught. It's counterintuitive. So we view the stock market as risky. And then conventional financial wisdom puts us in a position where, you know, we want to buy more bonds, less stocks. We want to put all of our money in annuities or we want to be all in uh, income generating real estate. Um, All those things have flawed uh, characteristics to it. You just have to look at the bigger picture and create the best retirement income strategy. So volatility is not risk. That's what I want you to get out of this. I don't know where the coronavirus story goes. I don't know how significant this event will be, but it will be just that. It'll, do, it, it'll be one event. Then uh, the news cycle will shift. When that uncertainty is resolved, just like all the other uh, outbreaks or, or you know, issues, 
and then uh, the next one will come into play. It's going to be the the next round of impeach articles of impeachment that the House of Representatives throws onto the wall. Then it's going to be the conventions or the the nominations of the candidates become more clear. Then we're going to have the volatility of the election. All those things are going to happen. We can't make our investment decisions based merely on the volatility du jour. Be very careful of that. If you'd like to have a conversation with me, I'd love to explore this further with you and see how it impacts you personally and how it affects your long-range financial goals and outcomes. If you'd like to have that conversation, come into the office for a cup of coffee. I'll give you my best second guess or second opinion, and then if it's something we can help you with or point you in a better direction, I'm happy to do that. Contact me. Give me a call. You can reach me, 678-218-5925, 678-218-5925, uh, info at calandrafinancial.com. I'm also going to post out on Facebook another question. Uh, keep the questions and concerns and, and topics coming. I'm going to post another video answering a question that came in recently on diversification and how to truly diversify a portfolio, what that looks like and what that means. Thanks for tuning in today. You've been on the retire road. This is Phil Calandra. I'll be back again with you real soon.